Good morning, church. Always great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to fellowship together, to worship the Lord together. God has really been great to us in so many ways. We appreciate His goodness towards us. Just a, a quick testimony from the child dedication. Yesterday, there was a dedication class, and we do invite people outside church whenever we have this event. We want to be a blessing to a city. And there was a couple that came, and uh, they had not given their lives to the Lord. And after the dedication, my wife led them to the Lord. They gave their lives to the Lord. Amen. Praise God for that. We are so grateful. I just mentioned my wife, just to remind you that when I got married, I married up. <laughs> I'm blessed, like Simon there. He needed that prophetic word that God will provide for you, and he did. God is faithful. We're finishing off the series called The King's Letter, The King's Letter Towards Us. But next week, we start a series called Frontlines, Winning from 9 to 5, or Winning at Work. It's going to be a fun series. We are not called just to win at home, just to win here at church, but winning in the marketplace. We have a couple of speakers lined up who are in the marketplace who will be sharing some of their testimonies, the same as the testimony that Simon shared with us this morning, to see that God is at work in the marketplace. God is at work, so don't miss the series. But one more thing we want to do with the series, we want to invite our friends and our colleagues and our bosses. So we have these cards that the ushers are going to hand them out now. If you would like to take a card to invite a colleague, just raise your hands. The ushers will get this to you. If you want to take two, three, or four, you are welcome to. I'm going to give you a testimony as you take this card. There was a group that came from one of the bank when we did this series in the evening service. And as they were going through the series after the service, every time they would go through the sermon that was preached. And I believe that bank is going to prosper in Jesus' name. That is true. If you put God first, God will prosper you. But also, we want to pray for this card. We want to pray that we will trust that the people we invite will come and they will have an encounter with Jesus. If you want to take more, feel free to do that. You can invite your neighbors as well. It doesn't have to be people that you work with. Father, this morning we pray that God, as you've given us a heart to reach the city, Lord, as we invite our friends, our families, our colleagues, that, God, we will see them having encounters with you. Father God, we also pray, trusting that they will come. If they so choose not to come, Father God, we pray that you will begin a work in their hearts, Father God. You will draw them closer to you, Father. Because, God, we do not want to keep this good news to ourselves only. We want to share this good news with those who do not know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you still want the cards, the ushers are ready. Please take them. And let's believe God that we will see these colleagues, these friends of ours who do not know Jesus, to come and know him. Back to the series, The King's Letter. Today we focus on the king's love. As we have mentioned before, the book of songs of songs or songs of Solomon, it's an allegorical book. It is a book that's got a hidden message that God wants, to, wants us to uncover and decode that message. You remember in Proverbs, the Bible says, it is to the glory of God to conceal the matter and to the glory of kings to uncover the matter. So for us, when you read this book, we need to ask ourselves questions. What is God saying to us? What is the message that is in this book that God is speaking to us? Today, as we're looking at chapter 8, you can open with us and read from your Bible, or it will also be here in this, uh, on the screen. There's three themes that I see in this chapter, in this one chapter, there may be more, 
But I see these three themes. God carries us. God's love. God's love carries us. God's love is fire. And God's love draws us. God's love draws us to himself. As we look at the scripture, I'm just also blessed by the fact that today is Pentecost Sunday. It is the Sunday we celebrate 50 days after the Easter when the, when the disciples were gathered together and the Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire and they were filled with power from on high. So we're trusting and believing that at the end of the service, we'll be able to pray for people who have not been baptized with the Spirit and fire so you can receive the power of the Most High. Amen. So we're reading from verse 1 of Songs of Songs. Oh, that you would, oh, that you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breast. If I found you outside, I would kiss you, and none would despise me. Verse 2, I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother, she who used to teach me. I would give you spiced wine to drink, the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand is under my head. His right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that you stay up, you, stand, you not stay up or awaken love until it pleases. Who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Under the apple tree I awakened. There your mother was in labor with you. There she who bore you was in labor. May the Lord bless the reading of the scripture. When we read scripture, we ask ourselves, why some of the things are there in the scripture? You look at verse 1 and you ask yourself, why is the Shulamite woman, why is the bride crying out and saying, oh, that you were like my brother. Oh, that you were nest at my mother's breast. Oh, that I could be able to kiss you in public. I believe that portion of scripture, it's there for a reason. It is there to say to us, in the Hebrew culture, if you were a couple, you were not allowed to kiss or cargo in public. Why? I don't know. It just happened to be in that culture. But the Shulamite woman here is crying out and she's saying, if you were my brother, O king, I would be able to take my love public. So what is that saying to us is, let us not keep our love and our relationship with Jesus, not only at church. Let us not keep our love and our relationship with Jesus just with our families. Let's take it out there. Let's take this love relationship to public, to the public. Let's show the people, let the people know that we have this amazing relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't know if you ever noticed whenever you tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ, what it does here. It does something on the inside. Even if you're not directly sharing the gospel, you can offer to pray for someone. It does something on the inside of you. Let us take this love out there. Can I hear amen today? Let's take this love out there. As, as we read the scripture, some of the verses that I've underlined, I really want us to unpack them and say, what is God saying to us? The first one is, his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. God carries his people. God carries us. Like we've seen the parents that were dedicating their children here this morning, we've seen and noticed how they carry their children with that affectionate love. God carries us like that. God covers us like that. God doesn't want us to do life all by ourselves. He will embrace and support our heads and he will embrace us. 
like a parent will embrace a child. As we continue on this theme, the other verse that really speaks to this is, who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Who is it that's coming from the wilderness, coming from the wilderness, coming from out there, leaning on her beloved? Now this phrase, leaning on her beloved, is God wants us to lean on him. God, God wants us to rely on him. God wants us to trust him. You remember Proverbs 3, verse 5. Scripture says to us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So those who lean in God, those who trust in God, those who fully rely on God, they understand that when we begin to rely on God, he carries us. His love carries us. You probably have heard about this poem called Footprints in the Sand. Footprints in the Sand is based on the dream that a guy had. And this guy had this dream and he was walking along the beach on the sand. And as he was walking in his dream, he gets flashlights of his life on earth. And as he sees these flashlights, he notices that there's two sets of footprints on the beach sand. He notices that it is him and God walking together and God holding him by the hand. And as he looks at the flashes of his life, he notices that there was a time when he was going through challenges in life. There was a time when he was feeling sad. There was a time when things were not going well. And there was one set of footprints. So he goes to God and he says to God, but God, why is it that when I was going through a rough challenge, when I was going through a rough patch, when I was going through challenging times, it is only my set of footprints. Where were you at that time? And God corrects him. And God says to him, it was my footprints because I was carrying you. It was my footprints because I was carrying you. God carries his people. God carries his own. He cares. When God said that, I believe God was saying, I promise that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So if you're here this morning and maybe you're feeling like life's pressures have pulled you down, I'm here to say to you, his love carries you. If you're here this morning and you feel like you're about to lose your mind, his love carries you. If you're here this morning and you're about to lose hope, his love carries you because God loves his own. He loves his people. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If maybe the finances are challenging this morning, I'm here to say to you, his love carries you. His love is here for you. God carries his own. When I've mentioned that there was a time I was I was going through the dark night of the soul when things were not going well in my life. And I believe that it was those times when God was carrying me. It was during those times that God was carrying me. His love carries us. We continue to read the song that we sang this morning. Isn't the Bible so awesome and beautiful? The song we sang this morning, he won't relent until he has all our hearts. We read the same song from this book. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as a grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench this love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. 
If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. Meaning that if you are to sell everything that you have, all the wealth that you have to try and buy love, it will not be enough. God's love cannot be bought because only the cross of Jesus can purchase that love for us. Only the blood of Jesus can purchase that love for us. When I look at this portion of Scripture and seeing some of the things that God is saying to us, it speaks about how He constantly pursues us, how He wants this fire of His love to burn on the inside of us. God is calling us to this love relationship and he's saying, I want to burn in your heart. I want to be that fire that burns in your heart. When I look at this portion of scripture, I take interest on the fact that it speaks about a seal. Place me like a seal on your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as a grave. Love is never satisfied. The more of God we get, the more we want. The more of God we get, the more we want. Because His love is unyielding as a grave. It's always calling. We want more of God. We want more of God. Let's talk a little bit about a seal. I'm sure you're aware that a seal, in the olden days, they will put it and engrave it on a piece of an object that the designer or the inventor has made. You're aware that a seal also was used uh, as an envelope, maybe for kings, or to say that now this very envelope has not been touched. It is pure. Uh, if the seal, something happened with the seal, you must not touch that envelope. A seal is a device that makes an imprint. Let's bring it home a little bit here. It means that a seal is like a stamp. When you stamp something, there's a pressure that goes into that. Now, I'm here to say to you that God is busy imprinting his identity over us. He's imprinting his identity over us. Because you notice that when we talk about a seal, in our, in our modern days, we'll talk about branding. So in those days, if... Henry Ford is busy building this car. He will put his name on this car because it reflects his character on who he is. So meaning that there is no way that Henry Ford is going to put his name on that car if he didn't make it himself because it speaks about his character. If what he produces is not of good quality, he's not going to put his name on that car. I'm sure you noticed by now that I like cars because most of my examples have to do with cars. Mercedes-Benz, the first inventor of Mercedes-Benz was Carl Benz. And he, there's no way he would have put his name on that car if the quality of that car did not carry his character. In fact, it's so interesting, to this day, the very slogan of Mercedes-Benz is the best or nothing. And you, you've heard me say this, that even though I do not own a Mercedes-Benz, you can admire it without acquiring it, right? You can admire it without acquiring it. Then when you can afford it, then you can acquire it. Okay, let me get that out of the way. My friend and I went to a funeral yesterday, and as you would expect, he's got a Mercedes-Benz, and we went with his car. And I was admiring it. Four hours, Brother Webb, of driving to the KZN with the Mercedes-Benz. Thank you, Jesus. 
went there and back, and I just, I felt like, wow, that was like 30 minutes drive, you know? Anyway, it's not about cars, it's about the love of Jesus. <laughs> but Mercedes-Benz is there, and the quality that it carries, it speaks of the character of the makers of the car. So if we are Christians and children of God, he wants to place his seal on us. He wants to place his character on us. He wants to place his identity on us. As I said before, to get the right print of the seal, you have to press. So if you're feeling a little bit of pressure, God is placing his seal over you. If you're feeling a little bit of pressure, God is making his character and shaping you to be his ambassador out there. I have filled the pressure. I have filled the fire. Thank you, Lord, because you are shaping character on the inside of me. He doesn't want to put his character if he doesn't know that I can trust you with my character. But the most amazing thing with God is this. Because we know that in this broken world that we're living in, a lot of people are just basically wanting to have identity. People are trying to, you know, um, identify with anything. But God is saying, for me, when you give your life to me, when you come and submit yourself to me, you don't have to do anything. You are accepted as you are. I am proud of you. You are mine. I am his, I'm my beloved, and my beloved is mine. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. The other thing that we see in the scriptures is, is love is fire. God's love is fire. It's like mighty flames. We need to fan this flame. You remember Revelation 2 verse 4, Jesus is speaking to the Ephesian church and he says, you've lost your first love. You've lost your, 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 your fire. And I believe I'm speaking to some people, you're here this morning and you know that there was a time when you used to burn with a passion for Jesus. There was a time when after you got saved, you took your love out to the streets because that fire was burning on the inside of you. I want to say to you this morning, one of the reasons why we struggle with sin, it is because we've lost, we've lost that fire. The best way I can describe it to you is when I'm preoccupied with loving my wife, outside gratification is no temptation. When I'm preoccupied with how can I please my wife, how can I be there for her, and how can I be the best thinking about her, I don't have time to think about temptation. And outside gratification. And it is the same with our love for Jesus. When we are preoccupied with loving God, we will stop fighting sin. Sin will be consumed with his fire. His fire will consume the sin that's in our lives. All we need is the fire. So you say, how do we get this fire, Pastor Simon? Two weeks ago, I gave you this. And this is a reminder. Christianity is first and foremost a relationship with God. Not a set of rules and regulations. The spiritual disciplines are a means to bring us into a deeper interaction with God and His kingdom. The goal of prayer, reading the Bible and fasting, is to know God better. That's what Dallas Willard says. When we go to this word and read this love letter that is written for us, we rekindle the fire. When we go on our knees and pray and spend unhurried times with Him, we rekindle the fire. When we fast, especially McDonald's, we rekindle the fire. When we stay away from food and say, I'm going to, this time that I was going to take for lunch, I'm going to spend it with Jesus. And uh, I'm going to my last point now. God is love as it is revealed in 1 John 
God is love, and that love draws us to Him. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God. If you abide in love, you abide in God, and God abides in Him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. We love because He first loved us. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, He loved us. While we were still sinners, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. We love because He first loved us. That is why I'm saying to you this morning, His love draws us. His love is calling us to Him. I love how the author of the book of songs closes this book so well. He closes this, well, this book with two requests. The first request is from the king speaking to us, his bride. The king says, oh, you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening for your voice, let me hear it. Oh, you who dwell, oh, you who abide, oh, you who linger longer, oh, you who know how it is important to spend time and companions listening to this voice, I long to hear your voice. I long to hear your prayers. I long to hear you calling out my name. I long to hear. It's like the heavenly bridegroom, God, our Father, calling out. And then there's another awesome request now from us, the bride. Make haste, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. Make haste. Come to me, my beloved. I like the message, uh, a paraphrase. It says, run to me, dear lover. Run to me like a gazelle. God is constantly pursuing us. God is constantly running towards us. He is running and running and running towards us. What should our response be? What should our response be to this pursuit? God constantly running towards us. Our response should be we should run back to Him. So my question to you is, do you have a special place and time where you meet with your Creator and your Beloved? Do you have a special place and time do you have that altar moment where you meet with the beloved? Jonah, you can come and play. When uh, we were at the funeral yesterday, Pastor Carol Mkise, his brother passed away, and that's the funeral that we went to. Uh, she came up and she shared a few things, and then she read this verse of Scripture and when she read it, I realized that this verse was so apt for the moment. It was so relevant for the moment. But you will see why I say that. She read Romans 8.38. And in Romans 8.38, Apostle Paul writes and he says, I am convinced, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present life or the future life, neither height nor depth, shall separate me from the love of Jesus. Nothing shall separate us from the love that we have with Him because He's constantly pursuing us. He is constantly saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Our response should be, God, here we come. Opening that word, going on our knees, playing worship in your car, playing worship in your house, in your homes, wherever you are, just constantly trying to find that connection with Him. 
Can we all stand this morning as we pray? What I'm submitting to you from this Romans 8.38 is don't let anything take that place of the love that we have with our Almighty King. Don't let anything take that place. Don't let sin take that place that you have with the Almighty. Don't let any idol take that place. Don't let any idol take that place. Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning, as we come before your throne, we want to pray, Lord, for those who may feel like they have moved away from this amazing love that we have with you. Lord, those who feel distant from you, this morning I ask that, God, you will call them back. Your love will draw them back, Father God. May your love draw them back to the sweet, amazing fellowship that you want to have with us, God. Lord, I pray that the fire that used to burn on our hearts will be rekindled, Father God. That we will burn for you, Father God. We will burn with your love, Father God. Daddy, I pray that, God, we will make your love known to others. We will not keep it to ourselves, Father God. Lord, like the Shulamite woman who was crying out to you, Father, this morning we cry out to you and we say, God, we need to have this amazing love relationship with you, God. While we're in this place of prayer, I just want to pray for people who are here and you say, I don't have this relationship with Jesus. Maybe you used to have it and you've lost it. I want you to raise your hand and you raise your hand up high to Jesus and say, I want to come back to this relationship with Jesus. If right now you're here and you know where you stand, that you don't have this relationship and you want this relationship, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. You know that you are not where you're meant to be and you want this relationship restored. Raise your hand right where you are. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. I know that some of you, you may be feeling like you need to recommit your life to Jesus. That's important. That's important. That's to say, I want that fire back. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come to the front so we can pray for you. It's not to ask you to say anything, but it's so that we can pray that that fire will, that will be rekindled. But also, if you're needing to give your life to Jesus, you'll give your life to Jesus. Please come to the front so we can pray for you. If you raise your hand, just come to the front so we can pray for you. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Please come stand here. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You stand facing the front. Just come. Just come. Let's keep, keep giving them a round of applause. Just come. Stand here, my brother. Awesome. Bless you. Bless you, my sister. Thank you. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you know you need to come up here. We want to give you an opportunity to, to get back this relationship with Jesus. Just come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for this amazing people. Father, today you are calling them back into your household, Father God. You're calling them back to that fire that's supposed to burn and kindle the love that is so amazing, the love that changes lives, the love that transforms lives. And Father God, the reason they are here today, Father God, is a new day. It's a new day, Father. We declare and we speak that it's a new day, Father. It's a new day for them, Lord. It's a new day. It's a new day. We speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that as they 
commit their lives to you, Father. We claim their past, their present, and their future. That their lives will not be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.